Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. I'm John Bolstra. And I'm Greg Monteith. I'm kind of reflecting on last week and have been thinking that, yeah, we might need to take another turn at this one. Uh, <laughs> disagreement, I think, is an excellent thing. I think it really makes us, uh, yeah, think about what the other person's saying and think about what we're saying, particularly in light of that. Um, yeah, we had some pretty good disagreement. We did. We did. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to disagree with me again this week. Okay, well, <laughs> keep it going. But yeah, I'm, I mean, do you want to? Do you want me to start off with where I'm? I'm some of my thoughts, or or do you want to kind of highlight a few things and then we'll? Well, I re-listened the last time, and Mm-mm. I still think you're wrong. So <laughs> I don't really need to talk about anything else about it. But no I'm kidding, I, I have no. <laughs> Good to I'm, know. I'm open to go wherever you want to go. I think what I'd like to do is just kind of maybe clarify where I ended last week, this whole thing about obligation. I guess what I've been thinking about and uh, realizing is that my perspective is that as a Christian, I am, I don't know the best way to say it, almost mandated to be in relationship with other people. And... um I think one way that those those relationships manifest um, is through offering things to other people, people being in need and people meeting those needs. It doesn't have to be like that, right? It's not like, it's not all about, oh, you, you know, you do things for me or, uh, you know, it's all about <clears throat> serving people or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of just being, being together and being as individuals and um, people being valid and worthwhile just because they're people. But... I do think, and this is where I was going at the end of last week's discussion, I do think that where we have certain things to offer as Christians to other Christians, that this is part of what it is, if you like, to follow the example of Jesus, to to be the type of beings that the Bible describes that, that human beings are like when they're at their best. This is part of what it is. So last week I made a point about being having an obligation, being obligated to go to church. And I think what I was really pointing to was, I think we're obligated to help out our fellows. And I think, ironically, that a lot of Christians who are most in need of help are those who are in the church and either don't see the issues or probably um, sense the issues, maybe can't fully articulate them and think, you know, something's not working, not right here. And typically they come back to, it's me. It's me that's not working. It's me that's not right here. And I think the tie-in with this article or rather blog post that Dan Daly wrote is that the, the sense that I had from the article was, on the one hand, I would agree with you, um, you know, I, I'm not uh, in danger of slipping off the edge of the flat, this flat thing that's called the earth. Because, by the way, it's not flat. You know, I'm not in danger of somehow, um, I don't even know how he framed it, um, but this kind of sin of not getting together, or sin of forsaking fellowship. I'm not in danger of sinning because I don't go to church. And I would say, on the one hand, 
that there's some validity to that. But on the other hand, the whole purpose is not about whether you're sinning or not, but how and how much are you loving your neighbor? And how much are you loving God in the process in yourself? It's those things that I really think are central within the context of, uh, you know, specific truth claims that the Bible and, you know, other uh, information sources are making and, and how we validate those and how we then live our lives in light of that. It still feels too narrow to me, though, to hear you say, yes, but it has to happen at a church. I, I, I kind of see where you're going and, you know, I can like kind of put the pieces together the same way, but I don't know if it, it feels like you're saying that, yeah, that's a, that it's a must, that it must happen at church. And I still, I don't know. I'm still kind of questioning what's so magic about a building that's been designated a church. Yeah. I don't know if there is anything magical about it. I don't think it has to happen at a church per se, but I think that, you know, again, like us using Facebook, we employ Facebook because that's where people are and the people that, you know, we might want to connect with, in other words, and might want to hopefully connect with us. And I think that my point about church is not that we must go to church because it's church, but that's where these people specifically that we as Christians are being called to interact with and engage with. Like I'm called to interact and engage with everyone in a certain respect. But there's something a little bit different, you know, um, about uh, how Christians are meant to interact with each other. I mean, the book of John talks about, uh, you know, they will, it's a hallmark of what it is to be a Christian, the love that Christians show to each other. And it is extremely difficult for me to show love to another Christian or to offer something to somebody who needs that when I don't connect with those people. So what I read, particularly at the end of uh, Dan Daly's uh, piece, uh, The Sin of Forsaking Fellowship, was, hey, you know what? This is working out. I, I'm, I am having good fellowship and this is working out well. And in fact, my Christianity is flourishing. That's the sense I got. And it's particularly at that point about it flourishing. Well, you know what? If it's flourishing for you, if, you, if it is working out and more than just kind of getting by, I think that's something that a lot of people in churches don't have and need. And an injection of that in, in, within churches could be revolutionary. And I'm not suggesting, again, that one person goes off and tries to do this. I've, I've tried this many times and it doesn't work. You know, but a group of people... I mean, I, as I mentioned last time, even just you and me, I think you and I could sit down in a group and, and not try to subvert anything, but just try to just be ourselves and be honest and be open. And I think at very least, you'd have a lot of people saying, oh, gee, this is kind of a new way of seeing things or wow, this is interesting. Or maybe some of them saying, yeah, I've been kind of worried about these same things myself, but haven't quite known how to raise it or raise them. So my point isn't that the church is, you know, that you have to go to church, but why, if you have these things, why, if it's working out well and your Christianity is flourishing, why on earth, when the, the, so many things about the church are broken, wouldn't you want to go and offer something that's reparative, something that can 
fix a broken situation potentially. Mm. That I don't understand at all. And that's where I get the permanent where, you know, his views, I've stopped going to church permanently. And I think the only reason for me to stop to, to do that would be to say there is no benefit in going there. Like there's no need for me to do it and there's no benefit. And I would say both of those two things are dead wrong based on the argument I'm raising, which is mostly, hey, you know what? It's not about you. It is about you to a certain extent. So I'm not saying like you, John, hey, John, you should be going back to church right away. Like you don't seem to be anywhere near in the camp that this guy sounds like he's in. You know, I'm envious of what he's talking about. I think, wow, that sounds really good. You've got a lot of people you can gather with. They're like-minded. This works out well. Sounds like you're engaging in good discussion and uh, study and uh, all the things that church should be, but church isn't, which is probably why he and all his friends have left it. But that doesn't mean that we just leave those people over there and say, you know what? Tough luck. You can figure it out on your own. The sooner you get out, the better. But, you know, it's down to you, buddy. I guess I would say, and this may sound really harsh, that viewpoint, which arguably isn't what he's saying, but it doesn't sound too far from what he's saying. That viewpoint's not Christian. Hmm. Okay. That's kind of the kernel where I'm going. Okay. And, and what's, just, what's the hmm. step after that? Well, if you, you mean, <clears throat> I mean, if I was to be sitting in, in a room with Dan and, and his uh, friends and, and, and they were to say to me, well, Greg, how would you do it? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, or just uh, what's the... Okay, so that's the kernel of it. So, like, how do you... What's the next step after that? Where does it go from here? Well, I I think the next step um, would be if you're in a position where you are... um, You've come out of a church setting and you're in some sort of a setting, whether it's a house church, a gathering, some sort of gathering of Christians, not Christians, whatever, but a gathering, let me put it in my terms, my Greg terms, and we can finesse what this means in other sort of specific areas as we go. If love and truth, truth and love are prevalent and determinative of that environment that you're in, every other human being needs to learn from and imbibe that environment. Not saying it's perfect, not saying that, you know, you've, it's fully realized in terms of, you know, Christian fellowship or whatever. That's not the point. Um, But these, I think for me, are the key um, characteristics of a functional church, a church that's working well, and that, you know, in areas where it's not working well, is able to be self-reparative. It can repair itself and it can improve itself. And I would say that if these are hallmarks of, you know, Dan's uh, gatherings and if his, you know, uh, most people at that go, those gatherings would generally assent to that. But I think the next thing to do is to say, well, okay, how, how can we spread this? Because, you know, in a certain sense, and this is going to sound scandalous, but in a certain sense, maybe you are taking Christianity to a church Maybe that church is so broken, and I certainly was, grew up in one of these churches, so broken that all the hallmarks that are talked about in the New Testament, I saw nearly none of those in that church. This was a group of incredibly dysfunctional people who were hurting 
other people. Lots and lots and lots and lots. I mean, this is the same case, the same church where, and I've repeated this account a number of times, where, you know, the minister finally was, he finally was thrown out. It was nearly, you know, they would have lynched him if they could have. But he was thrown out because he was having sex, caught having sex in the, with the male principal of the local Christian school in the Kmart bathroom or Walmart bathroom. So, you know, that's just one indicator of what this place was like. But things were not working well there. And sometimes then it's a matter maybe of Dan having, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant about how I say it, but having something that's a lot more true and a lot more real and a lot more in touch with what the Gospels and the New Testament is about, then whatever church they're going to and saying, hey, you know what, this is almost evangelistic. Yeah, that is kind of ironic. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, and people can jump on me for that. There are a lot of people who would, who would, who would you know, slam me to the floor on that one. Yeah, I think it all depends on the church. I guess what I'm thinking, though, as you're talking is, mm. but what, but by your own admission, you didn't stay at several churches for whatever reason. So right. what's what's your criteria or approach to when you stick it out because it's not all about you? Mm-hmm. And when you say, this isn't for me, I'm not going to be going here. Right. I would love to have had a community. You know, and it's ironic, right? Because we go to churches because they are community, because we want to find community. But I Which, think it's well, a contrived community. Yeah, though it can be a real one. Yeah. Well, I, okay. I, I, well, <laughs> not everyone, but I. Yeah, I, I. When I think of most evangelical churches, I think contrived community because the mm-hmm. people are there because they're supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that there's something that just doesn't. I don't know. There's something missing. There's something missing when all the people are showing up because they're supposed to, not because they want to. I totally agree. And, you know, maybe Dan is in a place of having just having had way, way, way too much of that, right? And having the same perspective that you have and saying, you know, this is ridiculous. There's a lack of sincerity. And, uh, you know, this is not what I what I think Christianity is supposed to be about. And if that's the type of church environment you're in, then yeah, I think you need to get out of there. And maybe you need to stay out of that environment permanently. But I think it's a big difference to say, and I think it's extremely rare to have your own community. And I don't just mean your, your family unit. You know, I work pretty well with my spouse in some of these areas. We've had a lot of these discussions. We're pretty, you know, in in touch and in tune, but we're still not enough. We're not in, like, in other words, it's different when you've got one family versus, let's say there are four families and they all decide to go to church and they all decide to, you know, speak the truth with gentleness, to be vocal and to be honest and to try to be gentle about it. Those people are going to have an impact. You know, that would be, I, I would I, That I would is love, an intriguing idea. I that, would love to be part of a group like that. Could you imagine that? Yeah, no, I was just having a moment of like, well, what if I just started going to church again? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what would that look like? I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like 
I feel like I'd be able to handle it for two or three weeks, and then I, I don't know. Then I just, I don't think I would have resilience. I, that's a good word. I, I don't think I would have the resilience for what I'm assuming, and emphasis on assuming. Mm. would be a lack of acceptance or understanding of where I'm personally at. Mm -hmm. And I just would see that over time, and I'm imagining this, and I'm thinking of one, I'm just picking a church for the sake of picking one locally. I'm just guessing that over time that people would just get tired of my questions and my, you know, I just feel like I would just turn into that guy. You know, everyone's, every time someone whipped out a Bible to do a Bible study using half of one verse from one chapter, and I was like, wait a minute, what's the context? They'd be just like, oh, brother, it's that guy again, asking about context. And, uh, and it just, yeah, just, I don't know. I just don't see a good outcome. But I suppose it's, it's possible, but is it probable? But that's you on your own, or maybe you and Tommy. yeah. Imagine if I'm there too. Imagine Susan's there. Now throw two more couples in there who are kind of, you know, who, who've had the types of discussions that you and I have had. Maybe they've gone to Libri, maybe they haven't, but they're keen to kind of engage in an honest way. And what if you didn't always have to be that guy? What if it wasn't that guy, but those people? If I could share being that guy, that'd be different. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I almost feel like 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 Dan Daly has got an an awesome set of resources. Now maybe I'm making too much out of the way I'm he afraid you might be finished that post, right? <laughs> maybe he says like, "Whoa, man! Like you're you're talking, you're, you're you're making it sound like we've got like you know fifteen or twenty committed people here, and we're basically our own sort of small house church." And uh, you know we've kind of gone through. I don't know, half the books of the New Testament and we are got some scholarly people here and blah, blah. You know, <clears throat> I, I don't want to make it sound like what I'm suggesting is people try to uh, run a coup. Because at the end of the day, that type of stuff doesn't work. You know, and, and you, you, could, you, could, you could be kitted out. My gosh, you could have uh, 20 people go to a church of, of any size, you know, and, um, be pushing this kind of agenda of, of, you know, truthfulness and honesty, gentleness, uh, textual awareness, some, all these things that we're talking about on the podcast and, you know, churches have that, it's a strange kind of, uh, politics and churches are strange. I mean, in Canada, the prime minister does not get a veto, but in the United States, the president's the president does. And in churches, a lot of times, you know, you could convince everybody all the way up to the, to- the top and, and the, the minister, uh, depending upon what the, you know, what type of environment that church has and how uh, the minister uh, shares or doesn't share power and how people allow that minister to share or not share power because it's, it's collusion here, right? If there's bad things happening in a church, you can't have one person dominating 100 people, 200 people, 300 people. That just can't happen. It only happens because they, people let themselves be dominated. They don't want to think about these things. They don't want to engage. They turn their eyes the other way. 
But you could have 20 really talented, well-meaning and uh, energetic people and they can be quashed by, by one minister in a church and people will just kind of turn their, you know, it's like the power goes down. People don't engage. They don't think. And that's the end of the story. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I guess I see what you're suggesting. And I think, I don't, I guess I think, yeah, there could be some merit to it. The part that makes me a little uncomfortable though is the, the delivery, the delivery and execution would have to be really, really good because if I'm sitting on the other side of the table, I would be a little perturbed if I felt like, you know, all oh, these two couples just showed up at our church and they have an agenda to like show us the right way. Like it would have to be done like out of pure genuineness and I don't know, that sounds tricky. Yeah. I agree with you completely. And yet, you know, one of the one of the most legitimate drivers for me is there's a whole bunch of them, but, you know, take your position. I'm looking at Christianity. I'm trying to figure out how this works. You know what? And what you're saying doesn't make sense to me. Oh, that's pretty legitimate, I think. Take my position. Hey, you know what? I've put in a lot of time doing this. And I actually used to think the way you're talking now. I left that Christianity and I've gone through this journey and I'm at a different place now. I'd like to tell you why I think what I'm thinking now is relevant and why it might impact what you're talking about here. I think that's, I think that's legitimate, you know? So I agree with you. I guess I think that, you know, you can be a group of people and have a quote unquote agenda that still remains very, very loose, loose enough that, you know, my view and what I'm looking to get out of this particular conversation or meeting group may be different from yours and what you're looking to get out of it to be different from this other person's and this other couple's and blah, 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 while still we're all on the same page in terms of, you know what, we're looking for something authentic. And, you know, we all have our thresholds and we'll, you know, we either will stay or won't stay. But I think there's just... See, the, the problem with churches is there is too much power centralized in the existing organization. And that power, when the church works well, is beautiful. And I'm in a church where that is working. And it's, it's remarkable to see. Why does it work? <sighs> oh, boy. I don't often ask you this, but you want me to answer that question, right? Of course. Why would I ask you? <laughs> You're going to say that. I'm hesitant. Well, well, okay. I think it works for a number of reasons. One, this is a very small... Just lay it small... out there. Lay it out there and we can okay. always... We I can go to always church... redact or bleep you out. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and then we'll see how if I'm being we'll too honest. Honest you really were. Okay. Yeah. I, go, I, do, I attend a church in a hamlet of less than 100 people. This is a very unusual place. Many of these people are ticketed actors. Uh, so they, you know, they, they, they make their living acting. And there's a theater school in this hamlet. And so the percentage of actors and singers, I remember opening my mouth one day to sing in the church and realizing everybody knows how to sing. I mean, I'm just talking like they sing pretty well. I'm talking like, like they're fantastic. You know, and some of them are, are uber fantastic. 
So they're very artistically uh, oriented. Um, I think a lot of them are very aware that in the area we're all around them, it's a bit of a void culturally. So they're willing to kind of think outside the box. They're also at a remove. Like you've got to travel to get there. This is a community church for that community. And remarkably, like I think the church attendance, like this is, uh, I mentioned it's, there's a, a, a performance theater arts school. It's a Christian school. You're not required to attend church. No one is. But I think the community attendance rate is somewhere around, it's somewhere north of 60%. It's probably 70%. That tells you like you've got a lot of people attending church there and they don't, on the one hand, I guess they don't have any place else to go. They could travel for 20 minutes like I do. But a lot of people from surrounding areas, nobody comes there. So they're a bit of an enclave. They've got their own people. And it's this kind of, it sounds like it could be a recipe for something terrible, but it's not. And there's just a tremendous amount of honesty. You know, I say things in that church and I get up and ask for prayer <clears throat> uh, very frequently. And I am very honest. And I have no fears that I will be whatever, uh, looked down upon, um, thought ill of, um, rejected. You know, there's still some things I haven't mentioned. Not, not everybody in the church knows that I blog and podcast on Christianity. Some of them do. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this, this community, too, there's no store there. This is how small this place is. So when people don't have any sour cream, they call their neighbors. And then they go over and they get some. And they're constantly borrowing from each other, right? They've got this thing going on and they borrow lots of stuff like, you know, lawnmowers and it's not just, you know, small kitchen items. So there's this kind of, I don't, I don't know, interdependence that takes place on a lot of levels. And most of these people are Christians and a lot of them are there deliberately. You know, you don't just sort of wind up there. You weren't just sort of some of the people were born there, I guess, and raised there. But, um, you know, and you've, and you've got all these people coming in from outside. There's maybe 20 new students each year. Not a lot, but in a community of 100, that's a pretty big influx. And I, I don't know. I, I think, I think the, the minister has a lot to do with it. And I think the degree of, of sincerity and openness of uh, the couple who are running that church is very high. You know, we, we came in, Susan came in out of, out of, out of nowhere. She just, we had exhausted all the, the churches or we had exhausted enough of the churches in the area where we are, where we live in the little town. And, you know, for her, this was just at the period where we were um, going through the beginning of our separation. And she just said, my life is falling apart. And, and she really felt a need to resume her kind of um, investigations of Christianity and seeking, you know, to understand, you know, is it true? Is it? Does God exist, et cetera, et cetera, and was completely open. And they just took her at face value. You know, she was at a very fragile point, but she would have not tolerated being, you know, looked down upon for, for, she's looking for help. If she would have instead received rejection, she would have left, right? But, But she got quite the opposite. And then they were very welcoming of me. You know, and that in a Christian context itself can be very questionable. Oh, you're separated. Well, there must be something wrong with you. You must, like, you know, who's, who's, who's sinning and, and all this other sort of, you know, ridiculous ways of kind of approaching the matter. And, um, you know, none of that. 
So I don't know if that answers, if that's sort of the, the sort of thing you were looking for. Yeah, no, I was just curious, like, yeah, what ingredients make this environment different? Well, and I think there are, there are, there are certain key people who insist on being themselves. But I also think, too, the focus of the school, this is a very small school, a um, theater school. And one of the things I've heard is that certain of the larger theaters, so I'm, I'm in the province of Alberta, certain of the larger theaters um, for their auditions, they will uh, issue a cap. So um, this school has a cap of two or three. Send us your best two or three. This school has a cap of four. This school has a cap of five. The, 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 this little place that I'm at has no cap. I don't know how many other schools don't have a cap, but I know some of the bigger schools actually have caps on them um, because they find that what, they, the, what I've heard is that the actors, the acting students that come out of many of these schools all sound the same. They have the same sort of approach and whatever, uh, tenor um, characteristics. And one of the things that this community focuses on is, quote unquote, finding your voice. Who are you? What is it to be you? Wow. And I think that carries over, again, all, as far as I know, everyone teaching in the school is a Christian. Nearly everyone attending the school is a Christian. And so in the church setting, I think this, this focus on who are you? What is your voice? What is it to be authentically you? These are very important questions. Whereas sometimes in a lot of evangelical Christianity, these are dangerous questions. These are kind of ways of... Uh, well, who, you, who you are really is you're a sinful, fallen person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and nothing good in you. So, you know, don't show up. Or, you know, we've, this is the whole Kyle Edelman. Uh, you know, make room, more room for the... Make, remove some of yourself so that you can make more room for the Holy Spirit. Because really what's important is, that, is God in you, not you, in you. So have you ever heard of anyone doing what you're advocating I have never found a group of people. I, I seriously, John, if like, I could where did go, you get this idea? You just made it up? I, no, as, <laughs> as soon as I read Dan's thing, I'm like, holy smokes, buddy, you got it. You're sitting on a gold mine and you're not sharing. <laughs> I just got so angry. <laughs> no, but this idea of, of going to church to help Christians, I don't, it's, yeah. Hey, well, you know, we might be doing it, John, <laughs> right now. Right. This, this might be doing it. You know, this, we, our podcast can reach people who are sitting in churches saying, wow, this is really interesting. Yeah. It's not working out too well for me here. In fact, it has been working out for a long time. Hmm. Never thought of it that way. And, uh, you know, I'm open to feeling a little bit hesitant about what I'm suggesting. I, I feel hesitant. I don't feel like, you know, in other words, it's a bit of a bold statement. I recognize that. But I think, uh, yeah, that's what really got under my skin when I was reading uh, Dan's uh, article because maybe I'm making more of it than there is. But again, like he's not sharing some of these details. Who knows? You know, maybe Dan will pipe up and say, oh, yeah, well, neat idea or no, you're out of your mind <laughs> or whatever. But I've never even thought about it like that until now because I think the only way that it seems like it would make sense to me is, uh, you know, if I lived in the U S and uh, maybe I lived in Portland and I don't know, you had a bunch of other people who were interested in doing some of the same 
just in approaching Christianity with as much authenticity and genuineness as possible and, and really not taking uh, pat answers or, uh, you know, jargon or, or any of these other kind of less well, less well laid out approaches, then that would really be, I, I'd be game for that. Mm-hmm. No, it sounds amazing. So do you, uh, are you still, where are you on the scale in terms of, you know, you start I still off think saying, you've, I still think you've blown Dan's articles out of proportion, but. <laughs> have I? <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> well, I'd love him to come on and, and clarify some of this, you know? <laughs> okay, we'll send him an email. <laughs> I'll make another post. No, just another. send him an email, see if he'll come on. All right, well, that sounds like a good idea. I'll do that. Okay. We'll see if I can find a. Find an email address here someplace. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Thanks for listening to the Untangling Christianity podcast. Notes and links for this episode are at untanglingchristianity.com. We welcome your thoughts and comments both at the website and our private Facebook group. If you'd like to join the private Facebook group, let us know your email address in the sidebar of the website to receive notes and links for each episode, and we'll send you an invite to our private group. Or you can send your thoughts or request to join the group by email. Send those emails to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is made possible by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. Tune in next week for a new episode.